1: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: Hello, everybody. It is a Friday. Chad Hartman, Dave Harrigan, Laura on the news. Rusty may uh, pick up the news later. Might be Laura. We'll wait and see how that plays out. Uh, Excellent guest lineup today. Our guy, Major, somehow feels like he's entitled to take a day off. (laughs) Considering the amount of money we pay him, Harrigan,
3: what chutzpah? Well, he's going to get a hold of what the show is going to sound like today. He's never going to want to take a day off again.
2: That's correct.
3: Can we cut his pay for today? Absolutely. We'll slice it right in half.
2: Can you cut zero
3: and a half? You can. Yeah. Seems like something we might try to do. I mean, if it's written down on a piece of paper, you can put a little slash through it. That'll work. Sure. Yeah, we'll send him a statement. Uh,
2: governor Tim Pawlenty is with us. former governor, Tim Pawlenty. He's uh, two governors this week on the show. I can do my math. If Jesse was 38, that means Tim Pawlenty, 39, the 39th governor of the state of Minnesota. Shaletta Feisty, she's in uh, Houston. Mike Ostrom, back in the show, this was a late edition of the news breaking that the House, in a unanimous vote, the House can actually agree on something? Well, How is that possible? To declassify all the documents on the origins of COVID-19, bravo. Also, tomorrow, I know Jordana was talking about this a little bit last hour, um, three uh, years since the World Health Organization said this is a global pandemic since. So, uh, Mike Osterholm is with us. <clears throat> Again, at 135. Sully, now the host, Brian Sullivan. CNBC, he's got his own gig, he's had so many different shows, but this one, The Last Call with Brian Sullivan on CNBC, that is at 2.05, and yes, Dave Harrigan is wrong. That's the new name of the segment, 235. What do you think about that that new name? (laughs) I guess we'll stick with M. I wrong. Now, little did I realize yesterday, I, I'm coming in, and I was coming in a little late because of uh, some sleep issues and just a few nights in a row of horrible sleep, and I'm just reminded again, I've had some stretches lately where the sleep's been a little bit better. Do any of you who suffer from insomnia, I am with you. It is, uh, it is a club you never, ever want to join, okay? You want to get out, so... I'm coming in a little later yesterday, and we mentioned this to folks from Twin Cities Live. <laughs> nothing for Adam and Jordana, nothing for Henry Lake, nothing for our show. Some cookies. In fact, that cookie's still uh, on the desk, Harrigan. It's all yours. It's all. Yours. It didn't
3: look like a great cookie. Did it? Looked like a rather generic sugar cookie yeah. with the cheap frosting. Yeah.
2: Yes, it did. Be positive, right? Be positive. But they, they were, the person they sent over wasn't that familiar with the folks, by the way, because it was, who is Jason Derusha? And then I think the proper pronunciation or the attempted pronunciation of Vanita's name was Vinita. So I'm coming in. They had called on for our guy, Mark Fry. And so Fry and I ended up getting the elevator at the same time. And this is at uh, the mothership there. And we pushed a few buttons. We went up. We went down. It wasn't really making any sense. But it wasn't that long, so I uh, moved on. I I wasn't triggered. I was able to persevere. It's rare. Moved on with the rest of the day. And then I headed out to uh, Vikings headquarters. Can I point this out? They did not give a lot of thought to me. With the Vikings headquarters. Let me tell you, Plymouth to Vikings HQ in a snowstorm. It's not a short drive. Don't you think they should have thought of me a little bit? I mean, this is now my... i There was a, a decade stretch where I was going to Winter Park like two, three times a week during the season. Now I go about every other year. So really, they shouldn't consider me.
3: It shows where you rank. I mean... If your he father does. was still with us, they would have they would have brought the party to him.
2: That's fair. The party was to honor the best media relations director in sports. Not in Minnesota, not in North America, in sports. And of course I'm biased, but guess what? I'm one of like eight million people who views Bob Hagen as a great friend, including my father. I've said this before. Um, the two, well, the four people closest to my father the last five years of his life, in some sort of order, me, Lacey and Larissa, who helped take care of my father, and Bob Hagan. Bob Hagan, amazing to my father. I won't spend a lot of time on this, but the Vikings are morons for not keeping Bob Hagen in the role he is in. No one is better than Bob Hagen. And he's being switched to a different role. He should not be switched to a different role. Andrew Miller, CEO, if this was your decision, foolish, absurd, ridiculous. Anybody who's sold with Hagen... In his 30 years running this thing, knows how great he is. He puts up with well the biggest egos that he puts up with, and the most fragile, and insecure people he puts up with. Those of us in the media, but Hagan has pulled it off where he has this great friendship, but very professional relationship with the media, with and then with his organization. Because there's never a doubt that Bob is. loyal to the Vikings. And once the Vikings went every single down, but did it in such a way. There were former players. There were people he worked with. There were notes from Aikman and Buck and Nance. Limo spoke yesterday, uh, representing a lot of national uh, broadcasters who think the world of Hagen. You had so many local people. His right hand man, Tom West, stole the show with a great speech. It's just so we were all there to honor Bob. And again the Vikings um dumbest decision the Vikings have made in the last thirty years in, in, in not keeping Hagen in the role he's in. So now we're gonna go. We, we 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 enjoy the festivities. And if he was gonna go and still have more fun with Hagen At the nearby Omni Hotel. First time for me in the Omni Hotel in uh, Ziggyville. Have you uh, ever entered the Omni Hotel?
3: No, only seen it from the outside. Yep.
2: So I'm walking in, and I enter the elevator, and it turns out it's two other guys who are friends with Hagen. The whole world is friends with Hagen. And it's Dave and Kevin. And so we push the button because we're told this place we're going to is on the second floor. And we're going nowhere. We're pushing the open the door. We're pushing other buttons. And we quickly realized, Dave Harrigan, we are stuck in the elevator. So I briefly had a weird situation with Fry at the CCO elevators, and we talked about those yesterday. And now we're stuck in the elevator. We're trying to open. We're staying calm. And I realize, by the way, I have a Clementine in my pocket. Where do you stand on Clementines, Harrigan?
3: Really like the Clementine. And why wouldn't you have one in your pocket at all times? Why not?
2: Why not? You should. Right? Much better than an
3: orange. You with me? You know, I would have agreed with you a few months ago, but I'm higher on the orange now. I like a good orange, too. I do, too, but the clementine is superior. Every once in a while, the clementine, though, can get tasteless.
2: That's true. That's fair. I just think its taste is more consistent. So we realize we're on this elevator. It's like 1030 at night. There's not a lot of staff at the Omni Ziggy Hotel at 1030. So we finally hit the alarm. And, that's, and I've called Hagan, and he's help, trying to help us out. But then Ralph from engineering starts speaking to us today. And Ralph is trying. But then, now Ralph would eventually come through. I mean, I'm out, right? But Ralph would vanish for about 15, 20 minutes. And eventually I sat down. About 30 minutes, I said, what the heck? I got the coat on here, the longer coat. I'm just going to sit down. And then I thought about, are we going to be fighting over this Clementine? Or, Harrigan, is this Clementine going to be Wilson from Castaway?
3: <laughs> Would you name it Wilson or keep it as Clementine?
2: I think I think I'd have to in honor of Tom Hanks. Wilson. And I joked with those guys. I said, I got a pen? We can write Wilson on the side. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, Ralph came through. And the doors opened. And we joined the Hagen festivities. So it was about 45 minutes. I'm thinking this compensation, they should give me the hotel. I I could say I'm traumatized. I could say I'm not the same person. I'll never be the same person. I'm fearful of elevators. I may not want to leave the house. Is that a reasonable opening offer that I should be granted ownership of the hotel?
3: No, no, it is not. not Hire. Uh, what I what I took from that story is you've got yourself a little problem here. You're stuck in an elevator and. Your first move was little. to call the guy who's the party is being in in exactly. the party is in his honor in his honor. And you yep. call him to get you out of a little sticky situation.
2: Because everybody calls Hagen when they need help. <laughs> That's just what you do. That's why the Vikings are such idiots for getting rid of him. When you have a problem, you call Hagen. That's what you do.
3: <laughs> Maybe through all these years of call, calling Hagen for once you could have, you know, learned a thing or two. Oh,
2: like a like guy was going to just magically open up the elevator?
3: No, I mean you could have. Uh, if you can call Bob, you can call the front desk at the uh, at the hotel. We did, but they were very
2: confused. But that's when all of a sudden, so that, that's another good reminder. All of a sudden, I get the front desk on speaker. Then we got Ralph talking, and at one point. When I'm trying to tell the front desk, "Hey, we're good." Ralph's like, "Oh, you're good? Okay." I'm a- "No, no, no, not you, Ralph. We're still in here. <laughs> don't go anywhere, Ralph." Like, I didn't even know why Ralph was still there at 10:30 at night. Ralph, don't leave me, Ralph. No, Ralph! Ralph, 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 stay. Uh, I mean, I can go from multiple hotels, and I mean, the guys, uh, Kevin, excellent guys. Now, I don't know how they're going to be six hours later. It could be like a Lord of the Fly situation, and as Charge points out, did we have to establish a pee corner? What if we had to go to the bathroom?
3: It's true. Were you nearing that point? Were you nearing cannibalism? No. How close were we no. on all these? Uh, cannibalism probably 45 minutes away. Okay, you wouldn't have lasted. You would have been the first one gone.
2: Probably. Yeah, probably. I don't know, maybe after that time, the elevator. Now, I will say this. My father, at 97... Did get stuck in the Capella Tower elevator for an hour.
3: <laughs> oh my! I'm sure he took that. Ninety
2: seven. Well. He had, supposedly he handled the great Larissa struggled way more than him. So I know I'm too long here already. Have you been stuck in an elevator? Have you been stuck somewhere in in an awkward spot? How did you hold up? And if you were stuck in that elevator last night. And it wasn't with Dave and Kevin who were great. And you can pick one person who you don't know. So I don't want to hear my husband. I don't want to hear my son. Those are all sweet, great, honest. One person you don't know. Who do you want to be in the elevator with? Who's your guy? Who's your gal? Maybe it's the Chinese spy balloon. I don't know. One person or apparently object. You can be in the ele- elevator with. Who is it? And were you ever stuck like this? And it's an interesting story. Hey, we've got the City's One Talk and Text Line. 651 461 651 six, 461 six.
0: Selling a little or a lot? Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Hey, Rob Bradford
2: here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen
1: on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. I,
2: I pretty much would have bet uh, any amount of money that had to be the first bumper song today. Who do you want to be stuck with in an elevator? Do you have one selection, Dave Harrigan?
3: Well, there's a lot of selections. Since I'm married and I love my wife and would never cheat on her, there's a lot that have, are not <laughs> available. Okay, let's, say,
2: let's say she's okay. So, yes, you can pick an attractive woman.
3: I'm not going to do that, Chad. I know better than <laughs> to fall into that trap. Uh, I'm going to say maybe the <laughs> coolest man in America, Dave Grohl. That'd be pretty good. We'd have some fun. We'd find a way to make a good time out of that. Maybe he's got a, an acoustic guitar with him.
2: Uh, a, a texter offered up, uh, or a tweeter at Chad Hartman Show at Dave underscore Harrigan offered up the Funk band.
3: <laughs> I'll tell you what, Bob Einstein would be way up on the list. <laughs> well, I mean, you could start with Larry. Larry, be way.
2: Up. I mean, the whole show. I mean, I mean. Leon, Larry, <laughs> I not Jeff as much.
3: Larry would be Susie,
2: a lo- oh Susie, God. just for the onslaught of efforts.
3: Larry would be great for about 90 seconds. Then I think I'd run out of patience. <laughs>
2: ah. uh, all right, let's go to the textures. I would love to be stuck between floors with that one girl from a county. Texture says Kirby Pocket. Grand opening Walker Art Center person in the other end of the emergency phone said they had no record of this account. Ask me what city we were in. Hey, wait a 2nd that my bit? Close circuit common. I got trapped in an escalator once, thank you. <laughs> uh all these texts coming in at six five one four six one nine two two six. First I would go insane, claustrophobic. Love to be stuck with uh Donald Trump stories. Yeah, he would uh what if he started telling you the actual truth, Harrigan? Don's just saying, okay, let me tell you how I really feel. (laughs) That'd be fine. You might get a nice
3: payoff then when you try to uh, talk to the media.
2: uh, Bill from Maple Grove was uh, once stuck on the top of a broken Ferris wheel for two and a half hours riding with my kindergarten teacher. Oh, man. I would love to be stuck in an elevator with the manager that I've had a secret crush on for 33 years. She's still gorgeous. I recently got stuck on an elevator with a beautiful with beautiful women. I know where Joe Biden got accused of smelling their hair. TD Mishke, yeah, that's why you always use the restroom before an elevator. Do people really use the restroom before they go to an elevator just in case?
3: That's an incredible foresight. If you do,
2: I mean, that's true. Jennifer Aniston for obvious reasons. George Clooney for obvious reasons. I was stuck uh, in the ele- elevator getting to work one day, and no one believed me. They thought I was super late for work. Meanwhile, I was sweating bullets due to uh, panic. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, Bill is called in. Bill, you're on CCO.
1: Yeah, I got a no-brainer for you there, fellas. Uh, yes, sir. It would be Lady-, Lady Gaga, and she'd have that meat dress on again, so we'd have something to chow down on.
4: Ah. That's so
1: good.
2: Oh. Uh. I mean, she can sing, and she's provided material, and she can act.
1: There you go. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Uh, Tucker Carlson, the texture says. Salma Hayek. Uh, Tom Waits. Someone's convinced you're thinking of Miley Cyrus. Were you thinking of Miley?
3: Was I? No, I was not thinking of Miley. Uh,
2: Michael Jordan. Harvey Weinstein okay how low is
3: Harvey Weinstein on the list David? he's not high he's not high up there I, I love all the uh, the techs you know the, the Clooney's the Aniston's like if we were stuck in an elevator with them they'd say you know this does seem like a good idea
2: <laughs> you know we've been in this elevator for 10 minutes so let's just have the craziest most passionate sex right now why not
3: come on
2: uh, a, a tweeter probably nailed it. Might have been the first one. An elevator
3: repair individual. It's kind of taking the I spirit mean, out of the question.
2: Exactly. Clinically determining uh, what is the best way to go. Tim Pawlenty on his party. What's going on in St. Paul? and why he testified in St. Paul about the potential Fairview-Sanford merger and why he's so adamantly against it. The former governor is minutes away on CCO. He is here. Tim Pawlenty is with us, the 39th governor of the state of Minnesota. He's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, Sir, I was talking before where briefly – around 11 o'clock in the day and then for 45 minutes last night uh, attempting to join a a going-away party for my friend Bob Hagen, I was stuck in an elevator for 45 minutes. Any time in your life, whether it's an elevator or somewhere where you are stuck for an inordinate
5: amount of time that comes to mind? Yes. Well, first of all, uh, Chad, I was stuck in the back of a car once in a in a traffic jam, coincidentally waiting for Joe Biden, then vice president, to lead this motorcade out to a dinner in Germany. And I was asked to ride with none other than Henry Kissinger. Oh, and we wow. waited probably a half hour before wheels rolled uh, and Kissinger and I in the backseat of this car. And then the drive itself was probably at least a half hour. So I wasn't going to let that pass. I peppered him with questions about... Vietnam, uh, Nixon, Watergate—all of it. It was one of the best hours of my life. But uh, if I had to choose somebody who I'd want to be stuck in an elevator with, you know, I would like to be stuck with somebody really interesting as a conversationalist and had a head full of ideas. So I'd pick Elon Musk, or I'd love to be stuck in there with Bruce Springsteen. That would be kind of fun. That would be. Now, were you at the show last Sunday night? I wasn't. I've seen him a bunch, but I wasn't able to go last Sunday. I read the review and heard from a lot of people, including you, how wonderful it was. It sounded great. Yeah, yeah it was absolutely fabulous.
0: Okay, let me hey, let me. Hey, ask I do have at- I do have
5: a piece of feedback, constructive feedback for you as a show host. Yeah, are you open to it? Sure, absolutely. People say they are, and then when you tell them, you know, they get a little defensive. But here it is. Uh, you know, my mother-in-law, Beulah Anderson, passed away a few years ago. She was in her mid-90s. She was from rural Iowa, raised in the Dust Bowl, had her scrabble life. But she was able to uh, educate and motivate my wife Mary and I about the beauty of peonies, old school, big blossoming, big bloom peonies. And then she gave yep. us one word of caution. She said, you know, you have to be a little careful around these old school, big peonies because when they're around other flowers in the garden, they're kind of showy. You know, they take over. They're, they're showy. And I was watching and looking at your social media a week or so ago when you were in Hawaii, and I thought, it's a little showy, Chad. It's a little showy. I think think
2: the word some people use was taunting. Some people (laughs) use trolling.
5: Some people loved it. <laughs> Other people. Well, wish when I got to the me. point when I got to the point where you were shirtless by the hot tub, I immediately <laughs> deleted my history and cookies. I thought it was going to I could be confused with some weird soft porn site or something. So I, I <laughs> if I, if if it involves me, you I, really I immediately will need drove to, seek to get my therapy. heart erased. Yes,
2: yes. Uh, circling back, this Henry Kissinger moment would be amazing. Um, he's got to be way in the list, but when you think about your time. Even as a rep, as a governor, as a presidential candidate, outside of just that Kissinger meeting, is there one other, and let's say it was an hour, let's say it was half hour, is there one meeting that when you see uh, an old friend, you say, I got to tell you about this one meeting I had with so-and-so.
5: Yeah, Who well, else I try not comes to tomorrow. do that because, you know, when, you, when you're when you a former this or that, you spend a lot of yeah. time talking about what sure. you used to do. So I call people right. the used right. to You know, we used to do this. We used to do That's, that. And I try not to be in that mindset. But, you know, as one of many examples, you know, I went to Iraq uh, five times to visit Minnesota troops there and also Afghanistan three times. had a chance to meet in Kabul with the then uh, president of Afghanistan, uh, Karzai. And yeah. – uh, and. Yep. Sitting there in Kabul during a war, visiting with uh, the leader of that country, and all that—that that sort of implied in terms of context—was a was a really, uh, for me, impactful moment and an impactful meeting.
2: Absolutely, that would that would really stand out. Let's let's get to multiple topics. Well, let's start. In fact, you and and former Governor Dayton have an op-ed in the Star Tribune about this today. I'll I'll, I'll encourage people to read it. The headline is. You health programs are critical to state's well-being. This is about the proposed Fairview Sanford Health merger, which has now been delayed. Which Attorney General Ellison uh, is investigated. You and, and former Governor Dayton uh, testified in St. Paul at a hearing at the Capitol. Why? are you so concerned about the potential of this merger? How would it affect Minnesotans if this took place?
5: Yeah, and I I don't have a view on the merger broadly, but I have a very strong objection to one aspect of it, and that led to our opposition and Governor Dayton and my uh, testimony the other night in opposition for this reason. Uh, the, The proposal is for Sanford Health, headquartered uh, really in North Dakota, but its headquarters are in South Dakota, but it's legally a North Dakota company. If they took over Fairview in its current form, this uh, Dakota, South Dakota entity would own or control a portion of the University of Minnesota Medical Center. Um, And so you'd have an out-of-state entity controlling or owning public assets uh, dealing with healthcare and other... uh, governance issues on and near the university campus. And so that's a non-starter as far as we're concerned. And that's the point that we tried to make. Since some of this first broke, the CEOs of Fairview and Sanford had said, look, we get it, we get it, we'll carve out, we'll carve out the U assets from this merger. We'll sell them back to the U, but now there's a big fight about how much the U would have to pay to get them back. These are two nonprofit entities, so you're really talking about transferring assets back and forth. That gets a little complicated, but assuming they can carve out the U, if they want to go ahead with that merger, and it otherwise meets all the good tests for healthcare policy and delivery and other things, you know, so be it. But uh, that's our, that was the reason for our objection. Who uh, approached you uh,
2: about appearing? And then it leads me to a, to a broader question. I see this come up with former presidents. And we think about the cauldron a president is in. And I understand, you know, when a president leaves, we have only one president. We have a new president. And he so far, let's hope at some point she also will make those decisions. But I've always wondered if we should use the expertise of former presidents more. Do you think, and take yourself out of it, do you think – that former governors should play more of a role, including examples like this?
5: Well, only very selectively. Uh, I, I think, Chad, you know, I, I used to get mildly annoyed when certain former other governors would jump into the fray, a couple of them more regular than I thought, and, and more negative than I thought. And there really can only be one governor at a time. So I've, I've really tried to bite my tongue as a former governor, unless something really rises to the level of Of uh, needing to speak out. This, I thought, rose to that level. And there are other issues too. But in general, I I don't think a lot of people care that much about what former governors think. And they certainly would care less if you spout it off all the time. So I think it has more value if you do it strategically and selectively and somewhat infrequently. And that's the approach I've tried to take.
2: Before we leave the, the university part of this story, Joan Gable is the president. She's been in the news for a, a, a lot of things where she's viewed some positive feedback and some negative feedback. Obviously, you're very loyal to this university. What is your assessment of uh, President Gable?
5: Well, I don't know her well, but what I have seen of her and when I've interacted with her, I'm impressed by her. I like her. Uh, and I think, you know, to put it in context, the University of Minnesota, I don't want to say is ungovernable. But if you spend any time studying how it's structured – how regents get selected through a political process. Uh, The the board that she has there, you know, in many ways, uh, wouldn't be a board that you'd necessarily always pick to run a large enterprise because it sometimes lacks people with enterprise management and leadership experience. It's a political board at at some level. Um, The university has all sorts of incredible internal politics. I won't bore you with it, but the faculty there, as tenured faculty, has enormous power. The public employee unions have enormous power. And so we look to the president to be the leader of the university. But truth be told, whether it's President Gable or someone else, they are very boxed in because of the internal politics of that mammoth organization. And then you add to that all of the politics outside of the U, directed at the U, specifically coming from the legislature and a few other places. It's a difficult job. And so I hate to say it, they're, they're not so much of a decision maker as they are a facilitator of all these interest groups and perspectives. And the fact that any person can keep that together moving ahead is, you know, kudos to them. But I would love to see, frankly, governance reform for the university. It is like many large public universities in need of modernization, in need of innovation. Um, and it moves very slowly and, and very politically. Um, but it's yeah, a great I university. I support it. But those, those, those yeah. are just some of the realities of running, leading a large public institution yeah modernizing streamlining making it more efficient i
2: i could not agree more former governor tim Pawlenty is with us here on cco so i want you to talk about um, your party at both the state level and the federal level at the state level and it's 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 a slim majority right for the democrats but you have governor walls and then you have these small ma- majorities for the democrats in the house and senate At the federal level, it's different. You do have President Biden and you do have this slim control of the Senate, but then the Republicans have a slim control of the House. What's your assessment of how this is playing out the first few months with Republicans in D.C. and Republicans in St. Paul?
5: Well, I think in we'll start with in Minnesota. And, of course, the press likes to present Minnesota as a purple state that's truly competitive as between Republicans and Democrats. And as we've talked before, if you look at the numbers, at least in modern history statewide, setting aside where there's pockets of republicanism or conservatism in Minnesota demographically statewide, it's it's not a purple state. It's a light blue state, and it probably is in medium blue. And so the Democrats have a built-in advantage in statewide races, and that's demonstrated by the fact that no Republican presidential candidates won there since Richard Nixon. I was the last one to win statewide in 2006. So if you're going to win as a Republican or a conservative in Minnesota, you got to have a really strong quality and appealing candidate, and you got to have a party that uh, presents a message that is attractive to a majority of Minnesotans or you know, a strong plurality of Minnesotans and hopefully bring some independents along that aren't necessarily Republicans, but they like uh, the particular candidate. I think I was able to do that without being immodest, but the Republican Party has failed. And the groups that have selected these candidates have failed in putting forth a winning candidate in essentially 20 years. And when you lose 20 years in a row, uh, it should be very clear, you got to try something Mm -hmm. different. And I will just say also bluntly, Chad, the... You know, nothing stays the same. Everything changes. Things evolve. Things are not static. They're dynamic. And the Republican Party in Minnesota has stayed the same at a time when the world is changing. And that's just not going to work as as our world continues to evolve and modernize. Our party needs to evolve and modernize, and it's just stuck. And I I wish it was different, but um, that's what it is. How different is it at the federal level compared to the state level? Well, there it's different because the political demographics of the nation are more competitive. uh, And now you have divided government. When the Democrats had the whole thing, they had the House, the Senate and the presidency before this last election. You know, they ran the table on a bunch of big stuff. And frankly, that's what's happening in St. Paul now. They've got full control. They've got uh, two decades worth of pent up liberal issue agenda demand. And they are ramming it all through. And elections have consequences. And now in Washington. Mm -hmm. The Republicans right. have the House back so they can stop uh, at least the worst of things happening. And so there's some sort of equilibrium uh, back in Washington politically and philosophically. That is not the case in St. Paul. It's a runaway train in St. Paul.
2: Always appreciate the time. It's also good to have a guest on with
5: Clean Feed here and the sound quality is so good. Well, producer, super producer Dave Harrigan is unbelievable. I mean, he can, he can, he's magical. I mean, just magical. <laughs> let's, let's not go back. I mean, we've agreed so much during this conversation. I hate to part with this sort of discomfort, but always appreciate <laughs> All right, it, don't, sir. We'll lo- don't be showy, we'll Mr. Hartman. Don't be showy.
2: <laughs> Thank you. The, right. uh, the former governor, Tim Pawlenty, he is an excellent guest, and we appreciate him coming out on the show here on this Friday. I'm going to talk John Schuster. John Schuster, quality person. Find me somebody who's dealt with John who didn't come away saying, that's a nice man. Uh, You won't. Okay. John lives up to it, and he's got a great team. So how about this example? Who wants even more pressure in your life? When you have a change in your life, pressure is coming. Roy and Terry, they made the decision, let's downsize. Who can blame them? It's time to sell their Bloomington home and downsize to one level living. They wanted to hire a team that was experienced in working with people looking to downsize and would not pressure them, give them all the options. So they hired John, and guess what? They sold their home with multiple offers and negotiated a great price on their new one-level townhome. John gets it done. He's a nine-time winner as the number one listing agent with Coldwell Banker in this state. Track him down. JohnSchusterGroup.com. Or call 952 222 9000. How did you do today, Harrigan, in pursuing elevator music? Elevator themed music since I was stuck in an elevator really twice yesterday, once briefly, another time for 45
3: minutes. I did pretty well. I think I did pretty well. A lot of the songs have elevator as in the word in the name of the title. You know, this one, Girl from Empanema, I think you'd hear this on an elevator. It's a couple of those. So we, we mixed it up pretty well. I think we did fine. Got it. Mike Holstrom
2: 135, Shaletta at 105, Lindis Construction Time Check. It's time for us to stop talking this out. It's also time for you to get an estimate on a maintenance-free deck. Follow us on Twitter right now, at Dave underscore Harrigan, at Chad Hartman Show.